Welcome to this week's episode of Let Christy Take It. This week's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Spice O' Life. Spice O' Life have all marinades, glazes, rubs, mayonnaises, sauces, burger and sausage spices and coatings. So if you like to cook, get onto their Facebook page, Spice O' Life Cork, or their website, spiceolife.ie. And don't forget to mention Let Christy Take It when you're making your order. Back in 1986, before Tom Cruise was bouncing on a couch on Oprah, he was bouncing into a cockpit, playing with the boys, and placing himself firmly in the danger zone, while all the time feeling the need for speed. Ladies and gentlemen, Top Gun. That's a beautiful morning in Dublin, in the Let Christy Take It Studios. Uh, I decided to leave the Ray-Bans on and I'm very impressed that Derek squeezed into his aviator jacket that he has since 1986. I remember you walking around the Halloween. Squeezed. Squeezed into it is the uh, moment. You, you can take <laughs> the it appropriate off. word. You can take it off now so you can breathe so I'll, I'll take off the glasses. So as you just said we're going to talk about uh, the 1986 movie Top Gun. Offer our thoughts on it and Derek give us a little bit of background on the movie now. So as Kieran's kindly mentioned we're sitting here in the Let Christie Take It Studios on a sunny morning here in Dublin. And we're going to cover the movie Top Gun. And this is episode 7. Let Christy take it episode 7. Who would have thought? So Top Gun is a 1986 movie by Tony Scott. It's about a Navy fighter pilot, Maverick. Yeah. Uh, wants to be the best of the best of the best of the best. Wants of the to best. be the dead Top Gun. He which is a real title, isn't it? it? It's a real title, but there is no trophy. We'll cover that. You know, there is no trophy. Yeah. But the Top Gun Naval Fighter Weapon School is where the best of the best trying to refine their skills. Uh, when Hotshot Maverick and his wingman, not his wingman, his back guy. And that's another wingman. Like The amount of lads who walked around Clondalkin and Dublin and Ireland and probably Europe saying, who's my wingman tonight on a Saturday night? Yeah. They brought that in and also brought in, you ever hear the saying, uh, oh, you know, someone's in real trouble, he's goosed. Yeah, goosed. He's goosed. Yeah, I wonder, did that, is that where it came from as well? Absolutely. But uh, goose... Played by Anthony Edwards, so Maverick is top. Is top, obviously the unbelievably talented Tom Cruise in his. I won't say his breakout role because uh, he's been in risky business, business before. Risky business, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but top, top Gun elevated him to like superstardom level. Yeah, well, it was the it was the kind of, he came up with this idea when they filmed it to to do um, in person premieres. Usually, premieres are one night in the states. But he came up with the idea that he would go around to all these different countries and he would attend every premiere and it was the first ever movie to do that and he's the first ever actor so he's, he came up with that idea. In, in fairness to Tom Cruise, he still does that. Yeah, yeah. So, this so we're talking baby. many years later, 86, 30 yeah, odd yeah, years yeah. later and um, he will spend two to three hours outside of premiere taking selfies, taking photographs of people, signing anything and everything. And what that does also, it, it kind of, not forces, but it puts the pressure on the other cast members who are walking the red carpet with him to stop and do the same. Yeah. And he's famous for it. He, he, he still does it. Yeah. Um, kind of an iconic movie that it set the tone, maybe of fashions and speak as we, as we discussed, but also like it, to me, it would have been not my favorite kind of genre of film, but I really enjoyed it. Maybe the soundtrack just, I think completes it. Like, did you see it in the cinema? I, I did. No, I didn't. Did oh, you? Did. No, yeah, I didn't. I, did. I don't think I did, but 
it's a, it's a film that without that soundtrack it wouldn't be half the movie but it's, it's like you could say it's the soundtrack it's the love story and then it's the, the military film so it's kind of three different the aspects yeah not the lads in their denim shorts playing volleyball we'll, we'll get to that um, we'll get to that later <laughs> so the the movie starts with Tom Cruise and his wingman Goose is he called wingman he just says he's a wingman is wingman not the guy in the other plane his wingman I don't know his fighter pilot yeah. assistant the guy who sits in the back of him and they're in a a, a MIG in a MIG is that a MIG yeah? is that what called? I don't know whatever you call oh, it oh, but they're, anyway they're having a fight with some Russian pilots because at that time the Cold War was still very much yeah. at, at its peak and the, the main the main character or uh, the main pilot in, in, in their particular uh, school or their particular boat it was a big carrier one of the big yeah. naval carrier lost the plot just lost it lost his nerve and Tom Cruise had to kind of help him down. The result of that was that this guy who lost his plot decided to leave the Navy, which in turn put Maverick and Goose in pole position to go to Top Gun. Yeah, so then they're competing obviously against uh, the brilliant Val Kilmer. I don't think he's ever been in 19 better, has he? I know he played Jim Morrison, but. but uh, he has. Has he? Oh, you know, For him, at performance wise. I know he, he, look, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a classically trained actor, but. He went to uh, historically Juilliard. He did a historically difficult actor. Yeah, a very difficult guy. If you read up any stories on Val Kilmer, very difficult guy to work with. He's I don't I've never heard I've never read one positive thing about it, uh, a working experience from another actor about Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As you said, notoriously difficult, but he had to be kind of coaxed into playing this role. He thought it was kind of beneath him. He preferred theatre work and the kind of smaller screen. But then when he got into it, and I know he, he begged to be in part two, they weren't planning even on bringing him into part two because I, of his illness. I think he has a, well, you know, I've seen, I watched something recently and he's he's not elevated or, you know, he's gone down to playing roles in much smaller films, straight to video films. He was at the, I turned it on just for five minutes just to see what he was like in it. And there's a film that came out recently with, uh, and the lead in the movie is Matt Goss, from oh, Bross yeah. is this the one with his daughter his daughter I, I haven't got a clue it could be I, the I, one. Just, I just kept fast forward but he just done it as a favour to her Val Kilmer came into it oh yeah. really his yeah. daughter yeah. Joanne Wally Kilmer's uh, the mother yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, but they have someone dubbing his voice because obviously he can't talk he had you know unfortunately Val Kilmer got trach trach cancer yeah. and, he had, and he had a trachea and uh, he talks with kind of a raspy squeaky voice now and yeah there was somebody overdubbing him so I think his role in Top Gun 2 is a blink and you miss it. I think it's oh, just a, it? a cameo, you know. It's, it's just a tip of the hat to him. A tip of the hat to him, yeah. yeah. Well, is it supposed to be his son that's in the movie? Are they going all like Creed and... No, no. For Top Gun 2 Maverick, which has been... It's finished. It's post-production. Everything is done. was supposed to be out this year. I think they're pushing it to sometime in 2021. Yeah. It's the son of Goose. All oh, right. It's the... I can't think of the guy's name. He was in... The Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Uh, Whiplash. Whiplash. Uh, what yeah, a movie. Yeah, what a movie. What a movie. Uh, what's his name? Miles... Oh, it's stuck now. It'll come to me. Yeah, yeah. It'll come to us. But um, yeah, it's the son of Goose, and I think that's Teller, the Miles Teller. Miles Teller, you're yeah. fine on, yeah. So that's the that's the contention in part two. Anyway, it's the the, the you know I don't know. We, we don't want to talk. Well, about we want to talk about part two, but let me just say uh, I've been watching the trailer for part two in the research. I loved Top Gun in the eighties. I had it on the cassettes. You know, I loved it. Had the soundtrack, everything. I have come not to like it so much now, right? And we we'll go into that later, but. It's like an old pair of jeans you would have wore in 1986. You look at them now and say, holy Jesus, how did I like that so much? 
or a jacket or something. Or it's like I had every Arnold Schwarzenegger film from Red Dawn right up. I couldn't watch another an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie now. I just find things are of their time. And when you look back and you associate them, like it's such a popular movie because of that 80s thing. You go to, we went, I went to the 80s festival last year, the amount of Mavericks walking around in jumpsuits and glasses, like. But it was a very stylish movie, you know, the sunsets coming down, even Maverick on his bike to the, you know, highway to the danger zone as he's on his motorbike, you know, all the, the pilots. Yeah. It's, it's a very stylized movie. And you know, the director, like um, Tony Scott, he only, he, he, he had previously made a movie called The Hunger with David Bowie, about yeah. a vampire, big flop. And they thought he'd never get another role again, another director gig again. He made an ad in which a Saab races a races an airplane, and he said, "This is our man for the job." So like he he, he thought that he wouldn't be up to it, but he was sacked three times. Sacked, yeah, three times. Off top gun. And he was not the first choice. Who was the first choice? So David Cronenberg and oh. John Carpenter. So can you imagine David? Oh, Cronenberg? that wouldn't would maybe not a, horror. Maybe I don't know. Well, I, I, it would definitely be you know. Uh, Tony Scott definitely Tony Scott and Ridley Scott both came from making adverts so they knew the stylized or you know they knew what appealed to people they hit the, the certain beats well I think the best man got the job there because if you think of them other two directors had got that job the amount of films that they wouldn't have made that they went on to make I don't think they would have made them if they had made Top Gun true and I also don't think that um I think the soundtrack of John Carpenter had a great, we, he would have been, he would insist on doing the soundtrack himself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he would have been all his own music. Yeah. But, um, so, Tom Cruise and uh, Maverick and Goose go to Top Gun, as Kieran said, they meet up with the group of guys and Maverick meets his main adversary, the number one pilot in the Navy, Iceman, played by uh, Val Kilmer. And his wingman was played by, or his back guy, Rick Rossovich. Mm. So the, the movie had all of the kind of young book actors of the time, Whip Hubley, uh, Rick Rossovich, Anthony Edwards had come off making Gotcha. Do you remember Gotcha? Yeah, yeah. 80s. Yeah. Obviously 80s of those. Yeah, you know. yeah. But uh, they were all the top guys. The guy, Ro Roxanne. Uh, remember the guy, the big tall guy out of the movie, Steve Martin. Remember Roxanne? That, Rick Rossovich. Oh, actually, that's him. That's yeah. Right. Cool. So he actually, to look at him, with all his gear on him, a very goofy, goofy-faced, yeah. and a very good comedic actor. But yeah, and we're going to talk about the volleyball scene later, but he's the one, with all of them, even all the ladies, we'll be looking at the lads in the volleyball, there's a scene with Rick Rossovich kind of turning to the side yeah. and giving a bit of a flex, and he was definitely the most, I don't see the word buff, <laughs> muscular, but he was definitely, he was, he was tanked. Yeah, but probably, I'd say probably American footballer in college, big lad, you know, yeah. would have been big. But we got to that kind of, we get to that again later. We're, we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves, as we always tend to do. Um, a connection between uh, Scott and Top Gun and his previous work. Can you get it? The Hunger. No. So Susan Sarin was in The Hunger. Yeah. She was living, I don't think they ever married with Tim Robbins. And Tim, Tim Robbins is in Top Gun. Yeah, but not at that point. He's at the end. 1986. Which Do you work together? But no, I'm just saying it's yeah, a little Yeah, she's still yeah. been married to Chris Arndon at the time. Yeah, yeah, Chris Arndon, who was in Fright Night. And but again, was, Toys, was Tom Sizemore one of the pilots as well? Sizemore, yeah. And uh, well, he was the, the commander, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, that's Ironside. Oh, Ironside was a commander. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the alien, the, the alien connection with Scots. So plenty of actors offered the role, offered the role, actually. Matthew Modine was offered the role before Tom Cruise, decided to turn it down because uh, he just felt that this was going to be a, a you know a, 
a film publicizing war, went on to famously make the, one of the biggest and greatest anti-war movies of all time. Full, Full, Metal, Metal, Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Stanley Kubrick. And we're going up again, but this, of course, about Vietnam, they couldn't find a place desolate and war-torn enough to film it. They ended up filming in Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> it was because the documents because well, it was developed. Other than the very early 60s, I think Stanley Kubrick didn't make a film outside of England. All his films, no matter where they were based, Eyes Wide Shut, set in New York. Yeah. It was made in uh, London. I think he was afraid to go back to America after his fake moon landing in the film. Uh, might have caused people to be upset. You screw up just this much, you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. Now, we've spoken about the actors in the roles. What about the actors who perhaps were overlooked or didn't get it or made it further down? Well, definitely for the, the main actor, for the main role of Maverick. As we mentioned, Matthew Modine was was actively offered the role and he turned it down. But Sean Penn, Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, Matthew Broderick, Tom Hanks, yeah. Michael J. Fox. These were all actors in the running before. That's Tom not Cruise. flying. That's falling with style. <laughs> <laughs> so these were all actors who they they actively went after before Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Cruise had, had just come off the hit Risky Business and he was becoming hot property, but he wasn't really at that blockbuster leading man blockbuster level and Tony Scott took a punt on him and there you go the punt paid off you know yeah um, I think Cusack would have been good in the role I think he would have been can you picture him in it I think he would, I know it's Tom Cruise's role I think John Cusack is brilliant in everything yeah. even even the not so good movies he's making Hot Tub Time Machine I wasn't in Hot Tub Time Machine too See, See the cameo the cameo yeah and even in the cameo he doesn't look great in the cameo he's wearing that black baseball cap and yeah yeah but uh, yeah, so and in the female lead, there was a few actors. It was a Holly, was a Holly Hunter, I think maybe Holly Hunter. Yeah, um, but the, the very very beautiful uh, Kelly McGillis yeah. got the role, um, based on a real character. Based on a real character, um, okay. yeah, and she takes She talks about how she, uh, the character herself, would have been facing a lot of sexual kind. You know, that at that time in the eighties, she would have got a lot of discrimination because. You know, she's a lady working in a male dominated area. She would, she wouldn't get away with it now, thankfully. And the, the, I can't, the, the Legs was her nickname. Was it? Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I can't remember the name of yeah, the girl, yeah. but yeah, Legs was her nickname. Yeah, so again, the, the female character, there was a couple of the high profile 80s actresses. I think Ali Sheedy was another one who may have been given the role. But again, another, she's good in the role, but to me, she's just uh, Kelly LeBrook. She's good in the role. Kelly McGuinness, the lady in the lady in red, lady woman red, is it woman red, lady red? Well, <laughs> she's doing weird science. We can yeah. agree on that, yeah. Uh, but uh, she's just kind of there as a token female, uh, the, center, the the kind of object of all these young guys' uh, attraction. But like, I think in other roles, she had better chemistry. Like you look at the in, in Witness with Harrison Ford, there was a great chemistry there, and she showed a good of an actor. She was. Yeah, and then in The Accused, she again amazing. nailed it. Uh, kind of faded off then, dropped out of acting. Well, she, if you ever listen or read any interviews of her, you know, she she grew older and she, she didn't go down the road of trying to hold on to her looks. And this is not trying to be insulting to her at all. A lot of actresses will go to the length of the earth to try and, you know, whatever. You see some of them now who would have been of the same genre and they don't yeah. totally different people. So she, she's very age appropriate. She still acts, but she went and retrained as a counsellor, a grief, not a grief counsellor, for, sorry, for people who, um, like sexual assault and stuff okay. like that. So that's what she does. Um, she came out, as you said, she came out as gay after the movie was made. I think maybe in the early 90s she came out as a lesbian. 
And then she also revealed that in her in her youth, teenage years, maybe she'd been raped. Oh. So she took those emotions and those that those She's experiences. Much more difficult also for to make the accused then. Yeah, very very uh, difficult subject. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a very difficult film to watch. Yeah, the the obvious. for its time. But we'll keep it ahead. We'll go back to yeah. Top Gun. Um, so this she becomes Tom Cruise's uh, object of. There seems to be a kind of a. She wants to know more about him, and he definitely wants to know more about yeah. her. There seems to be this. When Maverick first first meets, but her name is Charlie, yeah, a, a male name. Yeah. But when he first meets um, Kelly McGillis, him and Goose and all the Floyd boys are in a bar, and they're they're trying to um, you know pick up girls, and Goose is married, so he's he is the wingman for that night. And Maverick utters the most famous line, isn't it? I think she's lost that love and feeling. Oh yeah, then they do the uh, the righteous brothers. The righteous brothers. So I can tell you, I done. I was. I think I was groom's man for a friend of mine in Belfast. And when we all came into the into the room for the wedding, so there was myself and a couple of friends at the top table. Beside me was the best man, and then the other groom's man, and a friend of mine who lives in Wales, originally from Neilstown, just across the road here, David Drum walks up I, the whole wedding is packed he walked up to the top table is that mic on i said yeah i think so he picks up the mic and turns around you never close your eyes. and finished the whole song Did he? to the whole wedding everyone gave him a round of applause but it was a, just such an impromptu yeah. moment you know and a little like that. back the top yeah one. and uh is there video evidence of that anywhere we could try and Upload to a future episode. There is not David Drum if you're listening. If anyone has video of you singing, you've lost that loving feeling at Wayne's wedding in Belfast. And did he do the job of the, the job of the two brothers himself? Or was there was there a co-singer? No, he done he done the whole thing. Oh, fair play, the on the low notes. Yeah. And another connection there, we were talking about Patrick Swayze nearly got the role of uh, Maverick, the, you have Dorothy Danson and one of the righteous brothers saying, Bill Medley, time of your lives. So they're all it's like the royal family, they're all they're all looking after each other. Also was it the Outsiders, Top Gun, um, Tom Cruise was in The Outsiders, the Outsiders with yeah. Patrick Swayze. That's the right. Yeah, very good. We'll try and talk a bit about the music, about the film, will we? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. So, like a cracking soundtrack, but that bloody sound. How many gymnastics shows have you been to? And you have to listen to that about 20 times in the 90s, especially. Yeah, so, but it was. Was it for me one of the first soundtracks that I bought? Well, you've. 86. Giorgio Moroda, Harold Faltemeyer. Top class people involved in the. In well, George Moroder won an Oscar. He wrote "Take My Breath Away" for yeah, Berlin. He yeah, wrote that song, yeah. and he won the Oscar. For but you know that he he wrote it about famous Spanish singer. He did a Spanish singer who had a career in um, uh, making glass and windows and stuff like that. He wrote that about him. If you'd hear the song, Julio Iglesias, I seen you walk away. As the mirror cracked, I called you. <laughs> Look at that. Unbelievable. Julio Iglesias, not to the hourglass, but it sounds like Julio Iglesias. the first proper soundtrack movie tie-in where both of them I, mean, I know Dirty Dancing came a little bit later and yeah. that was probably one of the biggest soundtracks of all time but Top Gun uh, you're missing one big one Saturday Night Fever oh yeah the biggest one <laughs> yeah. how can I forget that <laughs> yeah. biggest Bee Gees fan on demand yeah but but 
Yeah, you you could buy the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever without having seen Saturday Night Fever. Would you buy the Top Gun soundtrack of Top Gun without having seen Top Gun? No. You know. No. Well, Berlin had a had a number one hit. Like you'd buy the this, you'd buy the you'd buy the single to Berlin. You'd buy Logan's uh, Danger Zone. Danger Zone. So you'd buy them, but. Would you buy it? You could probably have time buy them singles, but you would have, like, we had a double LP set in my favourite thing every household. Yeah. Doubling at it. Then when you see Top Gun, everyone, everybody wanted that soundtrack because you tie it into a moment in the movie. Well, I, I do know that, again, I'm not going to blame Top Gun for it, but I got into a, a habit. Pair of leather trousers? <laughs> no, but I got into the habit of buying soundtracks. So I remember I had the soundtrack to the Karate Kid 2 with the soundtrack to Top Gun, Dirty Dancing. Why did you buy the soundtrack to Karate Kid 2? I think I won it. All right. I think actually I so won it's not, it's, oh, The glory of love is in it, isn't it? Peter's yeah, here. Yeah, Come on out of it. Yeah, and I was taking the part one. Uh, they had the best around. That'd be my favourite song out of it. Cruel Summer. Banana Rama, yeah. The good soundtrack part one. I never bought a Karate Kid soundtrack though. I think I would have won the Karate Kid 2 soundtrack on like some radio call-in. Barry Gogan used to always give away a bit of music. Yeah. The Golden Hour. But uh, what else would you have had? Soundtracks. Soundtracks I would have had. Footloose. Yeah. Every song on the Footloose okay, album. We're not talking about Top Gun, but every song on the Footloose album. Every song. Yeah, yeah. Almost Paradise. Let's hear it for the boy. Again, Kenny, Kenny Loggins coming out with a cracker. Well, Kenny Loggins was a big yacht rock. One of these big yacht rock pioneers. He really kind of... There was a, Captain there was, and Tenille. Yeah, there was a great, there was a great YouTube series. Totally amateur. It's like your hair, hair podcast. But these guys are pretending to be... One's pretending to be Kenny Loggins. One's pretending to be... Uh, Kenny, uh, who else? Who was Kenny Loggins? There was loads of them, and often these battles on yachts, like how oh. the music, how they wrote the songs, like and man said, like I keep forgetting I'm not in love with her anymore. But hey, a minute, they start writing songs. You watch it, it's good. So back to the film. Yeah, where were we? Jesus, we have my music. So uh, yeah, well, Tom Cruise sings to um, Charlie in, in in the bar. The bar you can still go to. It burned down a couple of years ago. I did, yeah. But they rebuilt it. The piano. The piano survives. He follows her into the bathroom. Tries to have his way. She rebuffs him. The next day, okay, uh, Michael Lawrence, who's the, the, the chief instructor, we're going to introduce you to our civilian, and there's an important point here, our civilian advisor and instructor. Because he thought, initially she was supposed to be a Navy advisor. Correct. But because of the rules in the Navy that there couldn't be relationships. No fraternisation between you know, senior. And as the YMCA, the village people saying about, you know, in the Navy, so that's another <laughs> alluding to another but aspect. The face on Goose and Maverick, when she walks in and it just, you know, in front of the hall. And you get legs because you get the backward view. The tap of her heels. And walking up to the... Yeah. yeah. Now, this, again, this movie, to me, created, and I'm going to use some bad language, I never use bad language, created the bastard of a director that directed the Terminator movie, or not the Terminator, excuse me, geez, not him, the uh, Transformer movies, Mr. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. I think that kind of movie set that tone of what Bay went on to do. The, you mean the big that kind of the big the huge and focus on the sexuality of women yeah rather than them as people well you, you, you don't know that recently there's a you know obviously with the Me Too movement and all of this um, the toy turning against that whole point of view a lot of people have come out and gone after Michael Bay for his well number one for Transformers you got Megan Fox a young girl 17 yeah but she has come out and defended him oh. and she said in no way shape or form did I feel vulnerable did I feel I had to do anything that I didn't want to do? That I was put in a position that I felt uh, uncomfortable. So if anyone thinks that I'm a victim uh, for some Michael Bay thing, Michael Bay was the most, even though he's, he's known as an aggressive director, he's, her experience, she's saying right now, and I only read this about two weeks ago, her experiences were only pleasant. 
and she has been asked not to be grouped in with any sort of vulnerable group you know okay right I'd be kind of weary of that one but I, uh, I can't watch a Michael Bay film anyway but I, I blame Scott for that for creating that monster but let's we're going off again so go back that's a sh- shiny film who are possibly going to be on the soundtrack. I know Brian Adams was asked. So Oreo Speedwagon were offered the, the lead song and they said no. Um, top, what's it? Brian Adams, only the strong survive. They want, that was it. They wanted that song. He he just refused. He just felt that the film was going to be glorifying war. Yeah. So uh, they went Berlin, Georgia Morona. It's just a couple of, like that. It won an Oscar and Berlin refused to go to the Academy Awards because they were only going to be singing in a small little slot. And they said, no, we want to sing the whole song. Live. They're only going to do a snippet, was it? Yeah, a snippet. And, you know, being on stage, you know what they do with all the nominated songs? You come in with this bit, you come in with that no, bit. No, they, they do a little... Oh, they give a section to each song now. Yeah. But then, and the singer, I can't remember her name from Berlin, she said... Uh, Maria she, something? Yeah, she regrets it now big time. She regrets that. Of course. Yeah, that he never... Imagine the exposure that you would have gotten. Yeah. A worldwide audience of a billion. So bad management. So I always watch a movie, right? I was, we speak about this before I start recording. I always imagine, what, what song could replace... What song could replace a song in a movie? So I'd often pause it and I'd have a song on me. I'm so sad I'm on my phone. But even, you know, the volleyball scene, I was thinking, instead of, what's the song, Hanging with the Boys? Or what's the song that they play there? Hanging with the Boys? That's in the volleyball scene. Yeah. I was thinking, why don't they have Sabrina? Boys, boys, boys. Boys, boys, yeah. boys. I used to watch the video more than the song, I have to say. Yeah, I remember really seeing all the great video I remember race. that her assets were insured for a million. Yeah, she was in the swimming pool. It was... It was um, yeah, for a, for a teenager, it was one of the videos he wanted to come on MTV. But a, a, another great scene of um, who played Goose's wife, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan, and another connection. Another connection between Top Gun, uh, The Doors, yeah. Oliver Stone's The Doors, uh, Jim Morrison played by Val Kilmer. Yeah. She played ooh, Pamela Corson. Pamela Corson. Yeah. So and that 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 as we say, it's like royalty in Hollywood. They all kind of mix in the same circles, don't they? So you imagine the same agents probably know each other. And what did you own. think of Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison? Um. I, I don't know. Looking back at, at the time, I was kind of hit and miss about it. I think he was a very striking man, had the, had the structure of Morrison. I think as the downward spiral into alcoholism and drug addiction for Morrison, um, he didn't suit the role that went. He suited him as an early Morrison. I think Michael Hutchinson would have been a better Jim Morrison. What do you think? I, I, I thought he was good. Yeah, he was good. And, and, um, hard role. I, I agree with you in regards to the, the hard parts. Should we get back to Top Gun? Yeah. I think the Doors, the Doors is, is another episode. The Doors is another episode. There was about twenty Jim Morrison's going around Nailstown when the movie came out. So we had to get one of them in for a talk. around. Absolutely. But um, so Meg Ryan played the the wife of Goose, Anthony Edwards' Goose. Take me to bed or lose me forever. Take me to bed or lose me forever. Great balls of fire. They, they sing great. Oh, balls. That that bit in that film just doesn't sit right with me. I just thought, that's another another. Woman's role, and all she's talking about was take me to. Oh, look, maybe I'm okay, come on. No, come on. What's your take? It's just another. That's what we're doing. Women are being, and, and, and like sexually, we're just there, like, let's go have sex. And Yeah, but she's, if you take it, she hasn't seen her husband in six months. Yeah, that's quite a good point. I've been on the naval carrier. 
when your man lost his, his lost the plot and they sent Goose and Maverick to Top Gun, we don't know how long now they've been in Top Gun. We don't know how long they've been on the carrier. And it was Meg Ryan's first role, I think, wasn't it? it was kind of a breakthrough. She'd been in no, soap operas and TV. She's been in one of the Amateur films. Was she? Yeah, she was in an early Amateurville movie. Right. But uh, there you go. Didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, we have that scene then, and not long after that, where Goose gets Goose, doesn't it? Goose gets Goose. Goose, goose is cooked. <laughs> so, Goose, played by the brilliant actor Anthony Edwards. Did his career, like, after Top Gun, he went, did he go straight to TV with ER, or was it a while after that? It wasn't too much longer after. So, I think ER probably started in the early 90s, so, so Top Gun was 86. Oh, so, his career would have been probably seen to have gone downhill if he's gone to TV. Now, as we said before, TV is the new yeah, cinema. But, Again, we've spoken about this. I, I think that it was a very savvy move. I, you get some actors who, I will not do TV, you know. Mm. But Anthony Edwards made the decision, you know, a, a logistics decision that he was going to take this role in ER. And I can't remember what his name was, but he was a, it was a brilliant part. And he played it probably for 10. But he ended up being the highest paid actor in the world, highest paid TV actor in the world. He was on either like a million or a couple of million an episode. He was the, the top man. Yeah, he's and, good. and then and walked away from it. Yeah, he's good. And I'll tell you something else for nothing. That Anthony Edwards scene, Green, Dr. Green, can't think of his first name, but Dr. Green, his death scene in ER is probably and I, I rewatched it last week, and you know, because we do do a bit of research. It's not just always off the cuff. I rewatched his death scene from ER. Now, it's one of the saddest things I've ever seen. I'm sitting there with Aunt me, Elvis Girl Hannah. And I was in tears looking at it. It's just too late for the spoiler alert, is it? Oh, well, we're talking. <laughs> he died 15 years ago. He's a good dyer on it, camera. It's, it's, um, he, it's to the sound of Somewhere Over the Rainbow by... I'm not gonna oh, the guy from Hawaii. The big guy from yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. But it's, oh, well, that song on its own would get you. Anyway. They're terribly sad. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Goose dies. They're, they're, in, they're in combat. And the tail goes into a, into a spin. It is said later on uh, during the investigation that air had gotten into one of the engines. Nothing to do with Tom Cruise. The tail goes that they pull the ejector and Goose smashes straight into the the the, the, the roof of the plane that comes off. He smashes straight into it and he's he's dead. They land in the water, they you know the, the what you call it, the uh, the helicopter comes to save them and bring them in and they let him go. You need to let him go. Yeah. And he's dead. And all of the guys kind of not that they turn them. They always throughout the whole film they're saying you're dangerous, Margaret, because you don't care what goes on up there. You you know you're you're. You, and he said, "Yeah, I am dangerous." He 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 likes the fact that people thinks he's dangerous, but now his best friend, his brother, is dead, and he's inconsolable. Yeah, and a good uh, not a good scene, but just that change the tone of the movie. Then it becomes a little bit darker, which of course is going to happen after a death scene. So. We kind of get to the scenes and we're killed. Did you kind of get a bit more? Does the ice tall a bit between them? Uh, no, not not. Well, they're still in Top Gun, so because of what happens, Kilmer and uh, or Iceman, yeah. they win the Top Gun trophy, and now they're given their assignments. They, as I said, they won the trophy. Maverick comes up. They got their assignment. Maverick comes up to him, shakes his hand. Well done. You know, Val Kilmer shakes his hand, but there's no love lost there. They get their assignments. They're on the new. They get sent to a carrier. And something happens to some Russian pilots in the US airspace or you know within a threat of the US airspace and they're given a the job of going up and dealing with it and Iceman is, is the lead and Maverick and his new after Goose has died he has a new backup guy co-pilot Sundown are 
tasked with being the wingman of Iceman. And Iceman goes to the chief, the guy who gives him the, the order. I don't want him. Is anyway, you just follow orders. So they, they've no trust in Maverick. The, the guy who gives the artist, is he the guy that was a, a teacher in Back to the Future? What's his name? Jack's name. Yeah. Oh, he always has them. He, has, he always has them staring, kind of intensely staring roles. He's probably, you know, I do know his name. It'll yeah, come to me in a minute. I know. He was there. So you had him giving the orders. Um, and so to me, it's in a nondescript area. Like they'd never say what part of the world this is happening in. So they're playing their cards quite close to their chest, the name and you know, where they are. So to me, it's a film that just is propaganda for the United States Air Force well, the, the, and Navy. The film company point blankly came out and said that this is not a propaganda based Now, if this was made in the 1940s by an American and put in, in cinemas to gain troops, it would have done a tremendous job because they got enlistments through the world. Well, the enlistments went up 500%. Yeah. The purchase of Ray-Ban aviator glasses went up 1,000%. Uh, aviator jacket just like, just like the one you're wearing with the, the four looks a bit fray on the collar now <laughs> actually James Tolkien was the guy was the guy okay. was the actor yeah. from Back to the Future yeah. Mr. Strickland yeah in Back to the Future um, so they, they go they have the, the, the big battle that, that's just the big battle this is the pinnacle the whole build up of of the, the love story between um, Tom Cruise and, and Kelly McGillis actually just so we can point it out there was not much of a love story in the film. They had to go back and refilm it. That's right. And it was, it, the, the sex, when he first meets her, he goes, well, can I take a shower? And she says, yeah, they have dinner. He leaves. The next time we see her, she's in the in the lift wearing a baseball cap. She was wearing a baseball cap because her hair was cut for a different film. Yeah, and his hair was a lot longer because he was making a legend, as far as I know, with Scott again. Really, yeah? Yeah, his, hair, his hair was a lot longer. So, yeah, they had to go back because the test screenings had said there was the, the lack of chemistry. Even the sex scene yeah, was added in. Yeah, yeah, that's where they went back. Again, a very un- unnecessary. Yeah, just, and through. again, you're trying to appease a male audience. Yeah. So, released to mixed reviews, I would say. Would you agree? Yeah, mixed reviews. But then the song, Berlin song, came out, Take My Breath Away, with images of the film in the, in the music video. You're talking about MTV at its peak. At its absolute peak. So Before it was home of Kardashians and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it became not a music channel. But, and you remember, you'd be sitting waiting on a video to come on to record it and stuff. So, yeah, you see that video the, and the toys of the movie, you want to go see this movie. So, brilliant marketing. Yeah. Well, it was a proper, and we spoke, just touched upon it, but it was ultra propaganda. It was a, you know, an advert for the Navy. Even the Navy at, paid money to be, you know, to be involved. Yeah, you know? but even look at, and sh- it's like a military parade showing their equipment, what we have, what we could do. We're in the middle of the Cold War, don't forget. So this is still there's still that tensions between Russia and America. So we're in our, and this is a this is a show of strength. Yeah. This this is the carriers we have. This is the plane we have. This is the type of this is the type of fighters we have. These guys are mavericks. They don't care what they do. They'll do anything for America. So we're we're almost at the end of the film. Tom Cruise and his his new co-pilot Sundown and Iceman and his co-pilot they're they're in active aggression against pilots and it's it's a it's a, it's a dogfight. Iceman can't get a shot. He has to. He has to back off. Tom Cruise does it. They land. You know the guys are gone. They shoot them down. It's a. It's all a big happy ending. They land the planes. Iceman. That's when he thaws. Yeah. You can. I don't know what he says. We can be my wing time, wingman anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he says that though. Yeah. You can come on my left anytime. No, oh, I, you, can you, my rear. you can ride my tail anytime. And Tom Cruise says no. You can ride mine. 
Does, does that go into the... Playing with the boys territory, yeah. Playing with the boys. So we, we, we cannot do the podcast without mentioning... Well, one of our favourite directors ever, when I know you're probably the same, Tarantino, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I'd watch anything he does, even paint a wall. But he has this whole theory, doesn't he, Derek? So there's a film, I don't know, 19, a 90s movie called Sleep With Me. I think it's an Eric Stoltz film. And Quentin Tarantino has an uncredited cameo in the film. And this whole speech is about how Top Gun is the biggest gay movie of all time. And since Top Gun has come out... Come out, what you're saying? Come out. Since it was released, not come out. The, the gay subplot... We, there's no way we can finish this podcast without talking about it. Over the last 30, 40 years. You know, Tom Cruise won't touch upon this at all. He doesn't, you know, at all, in, in fact. But... You know, the guys with their shorts on. So Quentin Tarantino's... I know, and I have to say, like they play volleyball very well. I've tried to play volleyball in denim shorts. It's quite tough. We could get myself in the denim shorts. Do, do, do you get a lot of chafing. And, yeah. So what he says is that it's a story about one man's struggle with his sexuality. Maverick is gay. He's playing with the boys. He meets a girl. The girl's name is Charlie. He goes for dinner with her in her house, has a shower, but leaves. Doesn't have sex with her. The next day, she meets him in the lift. She's dressed like a boy. She has a baseball cap on. She has the same jacket that all his friends wear. Now he's interested. Now this is Quentin Tarantino's theory on it. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the scenes of them all in the shower, in the shower room, standing around with towels on. This was all added in as well, post-production, because they needed some more um, bravado, right? The, the volleyball scene wasn't part of the film. That was all filmed later. The sex scene that was all filmed afterwards. When Goose dies... And his commander, played by the brilliant, legendary actor Tom Skerritt, comes in to console him. Tom Cruise is bent over a sink in a pair of small white briefs. He gives him a back rope and says, you've got to get over this, son. You know? The last line of the film between Iceman and Tom Cruise would be just said, you can ride my tail anytime. No, you can ride mine. Where's Charlie gone? Where's his girl gone? There's no talk of a breakup. Has he just decided that he no longer wants to... To swim in that side of the pool. Yeah. We always look too deep at movies, but I think this is this is this, this is obviously. I know that's Tarantino's spin. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot of people's yeah. spin. It's a, you know you can. Um, it's like the people who look at The Shining now and they say you know it's, it's about the moon landing. We touched on it earlier on. It's about you know how how he directed how uh, what's the name again the director? Jesus, uh, how can I forget his name? The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, Kubrick. How Kubrick directed The Shining and the little hints are in The Shining. About, you know, this is why he filmed and all the little subtle things. Yeah, so that, that Kubrick never made a movie without everything being perfect, and there's too much imperfections in The Shining that must lead to something. But in the case of Top Gun, it has to be, you know. And let's let's not be flipping about this. Hollywood is the gay community have a big say in how Hollywood is run. Yeah, you know, so let's not. And at the time, 1986, could he have made a movie that was about going to navy being gay? Absolutely not. It would have flopped. It would have bombed. Would have got the fun of for a start, it wouldn't have been made. So maybe they could throw a few little bits in that might give that little bit of a maybe. I mean, this is not our opinion, even you know, this well, is and even if it is, it, 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 it's still a good movie. No, no, matter. what I mean is that it's not something we've made up on the on the, on the oh, no, it's something no. we've read over the last 30 yeah. years. Many times people have come out and said, like, how did we not realize that Top Gun? Was was a gay propaganda movie? I never heard Tom Cruise say he never he's never addressed it, you know. So maybe he just want to go down that avenue. Go down, no. That avenue, no. Electric avenue. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, 
our Top Gun episode. Hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. I enjoyed it better than I thought. Now, um, as I said, it's not a movie I have revisited. I watched it for the research um, with pink t- tinted glasses on. So um, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, so we we have to mention again that this week's episode was brought to you by the Spice Olay. For all of your rubs, sauces, dips, if you like to cook, get onto the Spice Olay Facebook page or spiceolife.ie. And when ordering, don't forget to make, let don't forget mention let Christy take it when making your order. Again, thanks for listening, and we're delighted to say that next week's episode will be focused on the Quentin Tarantino scene that he was mentioned here a lot today. Classic Reservoir Dogs. I always wanted to be Mr. White. Who do you want to be? Well, I didn't want to be. I don't I'd say be Mr. Pink. Mr. Black. <laughs> I want to be Mr. Black. See you next week. scripts ever written in the history of Hollywood is? What? Top Gun. Oh, come on. Top, Top Gun is fucking great. What is Top Gun? You think it's a story about a bunch of fighter pilots? Yeah, it's about a bunch of guys waving their dicks around. It is a story about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. That's serious. That is what Top Gun is about, man. You've got Maverick, all right? He's on the edge, man. He's right on the fucking line, all right? And you've got Iceman and all his crew. Right. They're gay. And they are, they represent the gay man, right. all right? And they're saying, go, go the gay way, go the gay way. He could go both ways.